All right. Hey, Drew. Welcome to Walk It Off Radio. This is our midweek happy hour hang. And Hey, it's midweek and we're happy hour hanging. Good to oh, be dude. back. Back in the saddle. I feel like we need to listen to that Aerosmith song, Back in the Saddle. <laughs> it's all I, all I hear every time. But um, I, I would do my best Steven Tyler where he just screams, we're, I'm back. But all right, it do would, it. No, no, no. I, don't, I want people <laughs> to listen to this show, dude. I don't want to break eardrums and lose respect. And, yeah, uh, just a tease. <laughs> we are so excited to be back here. We've definitely taken an elongated break with football starting up and traveling. Uh, I was in Nashville to hang out with you and spend a, a Sunday night in the studio. But here we are, back in the saddle, ready to talk about all things sports midweek, especially since we don't have uh, a show this Sunday. We're, we're taking a Sunday off, dude. Yeah, man. It's It's been our busiest season, honestly, too, ramping up. I know we say it in February, what we say it now, but on the radio, on WXNA, on our show every week, this is kind of the big deal when the Titans start back up, when NSC's in full playoff mode, and now we're about to have Grizz and Preds, and in the meantime, we got baseball playoffs as well, so it's been uh, it's been hard to find some extra time to talk about sports when we've got such big shows on tap for you guys live on the radio. But yeah, this is uh, this is a perfect time for it because we just had those incredibly exciting wildcard games that are over now as we go into the baseball playoffs. We've got the division champs playing tonight. Astros uh, looking like they're banging some trash cans again. Uh, Kicking ass in game one. I was listening for it. I didn't hear it, but you got to assume every win is due to that now, right? <laughs> no, they, 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 they you know, it, they, they're coming in. You cl- they clearly have a lot to prove, right? That they can be that good of a team without that. I mean, their pitching rotation, they, you know, they, they lost some talent, of course, since their last run. Uh, but great pitching rotation coming in. They've got a lot of core players there. Jose Altuve had a great game today. Um, and, you know, all those guys have a chip on their shoulder. And it showed today, especially against the new Astros, dare we say, minus the cheating in – in the Chicago White Sox, who kind of tried their yeah. method of, you know, garnering draft picks and building through their farm system to create what has been a stellar team. No, you're right. Tear it all down. Get the big draft picks. Be awful for a couple years. Dare we say the uh, baseball version of the process? Dare we? Say, I'm so glad we don't say that, though. I, <laughs> I guess. Is it? Is it? Uh, we've we've been on on record with that. The, the process is dead. It's buried. Yeah. Good riddance. You can't. You just can't Don't say it, it anymore. And you definitely can't say it. There's a. There's a. There is a process. There's a spectrum of ways to do that. But I think the worst thing that happened in Philadelphia was just calling it the process and that whole branding. I think honestly backfired on them. But separate topic, separate day. You can do it without just crapping all over your fans for years and years and years. And maybe the thing is, like you and I have talked about this since day one on, on Walk It Off that fans want hope, right? They want to think that their team's going to be able to compete that year, even if it's fake, <laughs> even if it's not realistic. Yeah. And, and, and we're willing to come to terms with it, you know, a quarter of the way or a tenth of the way into the season, knowing, oh, dang it, We've, we know we're just not going to get there again. But you can't have the whole offseason go, well, sorry, guys, don't get your hopes up. That's just not a great narrative. And even if the process in behind the scenes is build it down or break it down, build it back up, you, you still got to keep your fans in the loop and on the hook 
to keep that energy going. And that's what most teams do, whether strategically or just out of plain ignorance because fans want to do that. But Philadelphia didn't. And I, I think, in retrospect, that's one of the things that harmed them. Yeah, that and what are, everything that's going on right now with Ben Simmons. It, it feels very deserved. It's justified. But yeah, in baseball, you have even, it feels even more disingenuous when you look at the other teams that are in the playoffs. You know, the Rays year after year. Yeah. who basically make moves around the edges all the time, the whole sell a year early rather than a year late game plan. Yep. You know, the Dodgers, who are in the playoffs every year since they started spending like lunatics. That method works. The Cardinals, who are kind of in the middle, yet are in the playoff conversation every single year. Yep. You know, the Brewers, who again, did it without spending big and are in that conversation year after year. Yeah, it's it's tough. But, man, how spoiled were we about these wildcard games? First, you get Yankees-Red Sox in a one-game winner-take-all. Just ESPN's wet dream, which they then ruined by giving us Alex Rodriguez for that game. I was happy to see basically the national pushback (laughs) happening after another just atrocious announcer performance. It's not just us. It's not just, uh, you know, you're your jealous, lesser-known, well-lesser-paid radio personalities <laughs> that say he's terrible at his job. He's terrible at his job. Yeah, It's painful to listen to. And it, it was fun to see basically everybody hopping on that after, yeah. again, just a god-awful performance in that <laughs> wild-card game. It'd be fine if he was like a low-tier guy there. You know, they bring star athletes, guys who are stars, maybe not at the level of Alex Rodriguez, but not far off. They bring them in at low-tier, you know, play-by-play announcing roles, and that's fine. I can deal with that, but the fact that they're putting him front and center on these games is what is what bothers me because you know there's people that are so much better and that would give us such a better experience for what are the games that we wait for all year. And... I don't mind it during even during the season. It bothers me a little bit, but it, it really stands out when you get a game like this. That and you got to you got to put up with with Alex Rodriguez. But the game didn't disappoint. I'll tell you, both the wild cards didn't. And uh, it, just having those matchups, that lore between them, is what baseball dreams of. And they're doing a great job, frankly, of getting more and more of these types of rivalries. I mean, the fact that. That and, and be able to manufacture storied histories. And I don't mean to say that to take away from the actual storied histories, but you can find a really good reason, like just the Astros and the White Sox. That's a cool matchup because of what we just talked about. The fact that they have they, they were brought up in similar ways and they both have good histories. Uh, don't forget, they played against each other in a World Series not that long ago I don't before they that. were in the same league together. Wow. And the Astros yeah. were still in the National League team. Oh, that's right. That that they still had Frank Thomas back then. <laughs> there was that White Sox Astros World yeah, Series. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. The history is there. And... Now it's a first round matchup. Yep. Yep. Weird. It is. But you know, at least we cut A Rod some slack because he's a universally beloved former player with no hints of scandal or anything, and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just the noted great teammates and beloved by all. Yeah, I. I, I... <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not going to stoop so low as to make fun of his love life, also. But, <laughs> but let's just, yeah, let's just say he's a, he's a serial or two in, in that in that respect. But 
Yeah, you, you know, can also say that he said that the you know the winner goes home. Yeah. Like you got the most basic thing wrong. <laughs> That's just the start. Oh, Drew, that killed me, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, like honestly, was he vetted? <laughs> they need to do some testing. I don't know what it is, but um, it's really it's really nuts. Him beside, how good did it feel to start our MLB playoffs with, again, you can say it's played out, you can say it's East Coast bias, but a game where you know the fans are going to be so crazy into it as Yankees versus Red Sox in a winner-take-all to be our first baseball game back with fans. I mean, Do you remember last year's playoffs? without the fans in this semi-bubble and the World Series played at the new stadium in Texas that hadn't seen a major league game yet in front of less than half cap yeah. at a neutral site. That was last year. Yeah. This year, this was our first playoff game with fans back 100% in Fenway Park. And it was rocking, and it just it, it did my little heart so good. To have those fans back for the playoffs. Me too. And and to throw that in, like let's look at the full wild card matchups. Are those the four most hated fan bases in all of baseball? <laughs> like yes, damn well might be. I, I think they might be, which which also tells you that they're the four most raucous and and riled up. And so even if there there isn't that heated rivalry that the Sox and the Yankees have, when you get to St. Louis and, and LA they're just going to be jerks anyway. Uh, they're going to be crazy nutheads because they both, both those teams have huge reputations for being that way. So uh, you couldn't ask for a better way to, to welcome fans back into the postseason. I know. And then after the Cardinals took that lead in the first inning off of Scherzer, all the Dodgers fans left to beat the traffic. <laughs> welcome back, L.A. fans. The good news is, is, is they we're had... We're just messing with you. We're they, just messing with you. Half of them hadn't gotten there because of the traffic yet either. So they just subbed in and subbed out. It was it was like a tag team. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's that's why you always stay to the end, right? A wild card walk it off yeah. from the perpetually underrated Chris Taylor. For sure. It, easy to be perpetually underrated when you're on that Dodgers team, though. That was that was cool to see. I know you you don't want to see any LA teams have any success, but it was still pretty cool to see a walk off in front of the home crowd in the wild card game. You can't ask for a better way for a, a, a winner take all, a winner go home baseball game. <laughs> Both home teams yeah. won. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, fans. Yeah. Man, and now we get that Giants versus Dodgers series. Somehow, the first time those teams have ever played in the playoffs. The two best teams in the league, and now they go head-to-head over five games. So, man, it's really – this is shaping up to be an epic playoffs. Uh, you know, the, the AL East gets the same way. The Red Sox beat the Yankees, send them home in the wild card game to lick their wounds and consider the offseason. And now they get the juggernaut of their division, the 100-win Tampa Bay Rays. I, I love that. I mean, I – I love that, uh, first off, that the Rays are the juggernaut in that division. That's just still one of my favorite storylines f- for the last few years. And that they've got these rookies that just keep coming up with uh, it just every year. Just It's so much fun. Like It's just a fun team. And it's sad, but also a fun storyline to know that they're one of the least attended and really least cared about teams, especially in that top, top rung. 
Um, I hate seeing that, but it also... At least they fought back when they put up that half Tampa, half Montreal sign. Yes, seriously. God. I know. Uh, Is it Quebec or Quebec? That's the big question. But, yes. It, uh... The best best thing, though, is the fact that we have to get our minds around the fact that we have a, like, a championship-worthy matchup. Yeah, obviously because they're in the same uh, league, the same division or conference, whatever you want to call it. They're both in the National League. The Dodgers and the Giants w- couldn't have met any further than the NL Championship, but it's definitely an NL Championship-worthy matchup and, frankly, a World Series-worthy matchup that we're getting in this first divisional round. I mean, it's just – that's incredible to me. And, you know, when we talk about things that are special in sports – you can't look past that. Like it doesn't normally shake out that way, right or wrong. You know that they have to that they have to do that. It's it's pretty cool that we get to see those teams match up. It's it's so cool. It's going to be so much fun. I love that the fans are back for this. It's going to be rowdy in there. Uh, you know, don't don't kill each other. Yeah, <laughs> that that should go without saying. But please, let's please, just throw please. that out there yes. for you guys. And then you get the Braves-Brewers series where both of those teams have to be like, hey, uh... Attention, also a playoff chip. <laughs> One of us is going to go to the NL Championship as well. That series is just getting no press buried under this Giants versus Dodgers wave. But it should be a fun series as well. And I'm really excited to see... Again, like we talked about on the show, especially that Brewers pitching staff that was so dominant in the regular season, what they're going to do for an encore, especially in a five-game series, you got to feel like that makes them the favorites over the Braves, who just always find a way somehow until the playoffs. Until the playoffs. But you got to feel like there might be a different makeup this year because of all the adversity that they've gone through at the the second half of this year that – a different headspace, different mindset for that team than than I think we'd expect. So one of the things that I, even though I, I'm guilty of it, that I hate about sports analysis is looking at a team and saying, well, they can't perform in the playoffs. Or even looking at a player. I think it's more apt for a player sometimes, but you can't look at a team, and it's even more frustrating when you talk about college because that team is usually, in any sport, usually made up of, almost completely different players year to year. But in the pros, it's still not a fair assessment because a team changes so much year over year. And like you, there, I don't think there's any such thing as a, an attribute that doesn't allow you to win in the playoffs but win in the, in the, in the regular season. I don't know what that is. You, when you see it consistently, you can't help but call it out. But it's not a real thing. It's a made-up thing that just really comes from coincidence and them just not – playing well at the wrong time and so you know certainly that 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 lags on Atlanta but I I don't think it's real I think this is a different Atlanta team with a a bigger chip on the shoulder than we've seen since even they were coming up a few years back and uh, that that's exciting to think of but but if you want to talk about things that do really matter and are not made up when you're talking about predicting uh, Major League Baseball and playoffs it's a strong pitching staff and that, that Brewers team has it in spades, arguably the best outside of the Dodgers. And that's going to be what 
ultimately probably puts them over the edge. But any given Sunday or whatever other day they're playing on. I can't wait to see how Craig Council plays it out, too, especially with their bullpen missing one of its big pieces when Devin Williams went and punched a wall right before the season ended. So, ah, come on, man. Come yeah, I, on, man. He's got to be ribbed, man. I, I mean, I don't even know what you say to a guy in the locker room about that. I mean, you got to let him get back on the horse, but it's like, I would be real, I'd be really pissed at a guy like that. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. I just watched, this is, this is a tangent, but it's one of the things that I know is, is difficult for each individual player, but it's one of the harder things for me to stomach when I was in sports and still now watching it. I just watched uh, the basketball Last Chance You on Netflix. Uh, and it's the only season that's come out of it. And there's, um, there's a guy on there, uh, Joe Hampton is his name, who, you know, who they're playing for East L.A. Uh, College. Um, and he's bounced around, like high, high prospect, uh, high recruit, wound up playing at Penn State, uh, got injured, and then got on the depression wagon. Understandably so, right? Like just couldn't get back in the game when he had such good momentum. Uh, ultimately, he got arrested. I don't recall what for the backstory, but you know it was it was a low point, right? And now he's trying to build back up his basketball game by going to East LA. He's got all the things that you know: height, power, fundamentals, everything that a coach is looking for. He's ready made for Division One. All these setbacks, he's still better than every player on that team. Uh, but what he can't get under control is that emotion. Like when he starts getting fouled, he walks off the court literally. When the coach pushes back on him, he leaves practice. And I, I just, it's such a its such a detriment to the locker room. And I wish I could be a fly on the wall in that, uh, in, that in Craig Council's locker room to hear how he handles something like that. Because you can't count a guy like that out because you need them. And you need, you need to, everybody needs to know that they're part of a team, part of a family there. But you also have no space for that kind of stuff in there. Because it, it, when it comes down to it, when it comes to a situation like that, it can ruin your opportunities in a playoff. So, I know, I've been thinking about that a lot. Lately. It's, it's absolutely meaningless. And yeah, yeah. You, you think of a, that whole team that's trying to fight together for the ring, and yep. for no reason. Yeah, you made them all. Everybody else step up and change their roles right before the playoff starts. Yep. So it's yeah, that's absolutely a fascinating point. It's gonna be gonna be interesting, man. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to these playoffs. It's really, really, we got such great matchups. We've got all this history. We had such a great appetizer with the wild card games. I mean, yeah, we'll walk it off. It was amazing. Yeah. Just so much fun to see right there. That's your dream. Two outs in the ninth inning at a, you know, you win the playoff series right there. You get mobbed around the bases by your teammates. It's it's baseball dreams come true, and it's just such an exciting thing to see happen. On our appetizer, the wild card games. Yeah. So MLB, there's no reason to expand the playoffs. All right. Yeah. The new CPA, we know it's a likelihood, but we've already got some great stuff going on here, and it's nice to see that you know the division races matter, all the arguments you can make, but in the meantime, maybe don't fit, don't fix what's not broken. I, I think that's totally fair. It's such a, I mean, I've talked about how great the. I love playoff formats. I mean, I love, we talk about March Madness all the time, the, the granddaddy of them all. So it, it, it's undeniably fun to have every team with an equal, equal-ish chance to at least advance uh, and move on, especially with, with, with you know, winner-take-all and 
all that kind of stuff. But I think the MLB makes a really strong argument the way it is right now. I don't know if you feel this way, but it feels very abbreviated, the MLB playoff relative to others. And I don't think there's an extra round, right? It's well, just because everything's just, not seven games. So that's exact. And the first one is a play in. So the play, the, the, now granted the NFL, it's, it's a play in, but I think that equals the Every first round of the, in the NFL. Yeah, I know. I know. And that, that is exciting too, but, but I, you know, I don't know. I'm torn on it, but I love the MLB. Every time when it gets distilled to these, after you get through a quick wild card, which anybody can win essentially, it's distilled to these eight teams, and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, it feels like championship caliber play right away. The NBA doesn't feel like that for usually the first two rounds. Now, part of that's the way the NBA works; like it's very top heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. The NFL doesn't necessarily feel that way, with the exception of the fact that it's one game or go home, which adds to the excitement. So, I don't, the the MLB, you know, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the MLB's got me thinking. As much as I love a, an expanded playoff format because it is fun sports, that there is a, there's a lot of value to be jumping right into it and making these really consequential games. No, that's a great point. If you dilute that field of playoff contenders, you lose one of the things that is so great about it. Which is that, you know, outside of a few obvious examples, usually your playoff teams are all going to be teams with a real shot at the, at the championship. Yeah. And yeah, you can't say that in the NBA. You, you can't say that in the NHL. You can't really even say that in the NFL, despite, yeah. like you said, you know, one game anything can happen. We've seen teams go, <laughs> we've seen the Giants somehow beat the Patriots <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I loved it. There's always things that happen like that. But yeah, MLB does a nice job of finding that balance where you get in your playoffs and it's not one game winner takes all. So the best team usually does have time to poke its head through and come out the winner. Yep. But you also feel like every team's kind of got a chance once they're there. But that might also just have something to do with the absolute grind of the regular season, that 162 games. True. You earned your way to that spot most of the time. No doubt. I mean... I can't I, very much most of the time, and and I'd add to that like the other thing that makes the MLB playoffs so a- exciting to me, and I don't mean to take away from the other sports coaching, but I feel like coaching and management, I guess, in in the MLB is uh, way more critical in the playoffs than it is anywhere else. Now, we talk about Greg Popovich, we talk about game planning. These guy Bill Belichick, who's just the ultimate at making these things happen and that that's an art there's no doubt that getting the right personnel out there the right starters out there the right rotations the right plays the right preparation is all critical so i don't want to take away from those guys but i feel like it is significantly more important in the mlb playoffs and that it is truly a manager versus manager situation a lot of in a lot of in a lot of games and a lot of series more so than it is in in the other Sports, which is not necessarily what it is in the regular season. It is, it, I, I guess, the point I'll add on top of that is that the MLB transforms more from the regular season to the to the playoffs than any of the other sports do as well. The game stays relatively yeah. the same in the other, with the exception of just like maybe minutes, you know, because you're getting towards the end, and you just got to get 
everything in that you can out of your best players. The MLB is totally different than that. I mean, it's it, the game changes, and I think that's really fun. And the difference you have between each game, you know, different starting pitching True. matchups. Yep. Every game can look totally different, despite yep. the teams that going into it being the same. And I think a part of that too is the, just the abruptness of the wild card, the brutality of uh, playing 162 <laughs> games to make it to the playoffs, and then bye. Yeah, <laughs> that is crushing, Go home, man. one game. Garrett Cole had a bad game. Yankees are out. <laughs> isn't, isn't that nuts? I I know. I thought the Dodgers were going to be like that. I, I really did. When they pulled Scherzer, which cl- turned out to be a pretty smart move, although I didn't totally agree with it at the time in the, you know, what, four and a third in he it, he was and was finally getting into his groove. Like, he had some of his best pitches right then. Right after a strikeout, they pull him. But uh, I, I thought the Dodgers were going to be there, and this is my pettiness. I was like, there is no team I'd rather see like, that was the perfect position for a team that you loathe, right? Work hard for 162 games, win 106 games, <laughs> and, and then run up against the wall and get knocked out after one game. I was very, very childishly going, I hope that happens. I hope, ah, it's a Dodger I, I, fantasy. I, I, I want to see Justin Turner hang his head. Now, unfortunately, he wound up homering and actually helping win the game for him. But, uh, yeah, like, it's that, that's a great storyline just to think about I mean, I'm thinking about it from the enemy's perspective, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's cool to know that you've got to be prepared for that one game. And, hey, we always got to shout out our hometown Nashville guy, Mookie Betts. Yep. Playing a solid solid defense from the start. Yeah, as game, always. Making a difference, even if his numbers don't really show up in that box score for that wild card game. It's like exciting. Yes. And uh, sorry to our former Sounds favorite. Seeing Max Muncy not get to play in this game Yeah. was a little tough. bit tough, but... There's a lot of sounds in the playoffs still right now. So, you know, root for your sounds players. As diverse as, you know, all-time du- franchise doubles leader Joey Wendell. Yeah. Playing for the Rays now. Made his first all-star team this year. That's exciting. It is. Uh, Liam Hendricks and Zach Granke both pitched for the sounds. Yep. Can Lorenzo Kane had some games as a sound this year. <laughs> I love it. All over this playoffs. All over the place. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, we love seeing those guys out there. And that's that's without having the A's in there, <laughs> which obviously yeah. have, have a pretty good contingency. So, um, yeah, really, really fun to see that. And that's just the extra factor is just knowing that we've watched a lot of these guys grow up into where they are. And that's you know, one, one of the great things about baseball. I mean, you, don't, you don't get that as much in the other leagues unless you are a devoted college fan or you're a devoted um, G League fan. Or college fan, I guess you could say. In, in, yeah, I know that NBA. happens for the, for the college fans. It they, does. they get to go with, see all their guys over there. Yeah, that, that's not me, though. I don't really know a name very well until at least draft time in, in some of these. So um, it is fun in baseball. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep it off because we are the professional sports talk show. We talk pro sports. That's right. <laughs> but, Matt, speaking to change the subject really quickly. Yeah. How fun was it to see the Grizz on the court this week and to see their first preseason game, John Morant just throwing down dunks left and right all over the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks? It's super cool. I, I mean, the NBA preseason means not a damn thing. But, <laughs> but, but it's fun, and that's no, what this Grizzlies team is. Seeing Ja with those gravity-defying bunnies all over the court <laughs> brought, brought life back. Yeah. 
I honestly can't remember being this excited about a team. And I'm even mentioning Phoenix Suns teams. We all know my allegiance to the Suns as well. They, since the Warriors, honestly, there is, I never anticipated a Suns team that would be this good. I always get excited about them as we're fans. The Grizz the same way. I mean, but grit and grind was not that exciting. Um, when the, when Steph Curry was coming on and we were doing the and Bill Simmons was doing league pass rankings and they were up top there and I literally was in that group I was I would pick four league pass teams to watch and I wanted to see the Warriors before they had that happen I feel that way about the Grizz they, that is one of the most exciting up and coming units that that I've seen in a long time and it's so cool that they're our team it's pretty fun it's it's pretty exciting for the season again. We're not really sure what the expectations are, whether they can make a jump forward to kind of just being there in the playoffs to being an actual contender. But that's something for the regular season. The preseason is just for rad highlights. It is. And we got plenty of those we'll already. Those in the regular season, too. Did, Although, did you, okay. did you catch uh, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau playing Julius Randle 30 minutes in the next first preseason? <laughs> I, I, did, I did notice that. What could be more Tibbs? <laughs> yeah, golly. Hey, get him, get him into shape, man. Get him ready. That's funny. Oh man, did you did you see the uh, the GM's poll that came out? Uh, the, so there's some really unique insights in there. Uh, one of the coolest I thought is there were a lot of uh, of Grizz up and down there. As uh, my favorite being the GM's voted on their breakout player of this year. Do you want to guess who number one was? Sorry to put you on the spot right here on the radio. Dylan Brooks. No, I like that. Jaron Jackson Jr., which I All love right. because he is due. It's time. Exactly. And But now going back, you know who was the breakout player? No, actually it was Rookie, uh, uh, who will have the biggest impact in five years. I can't remember who they voted in this year, but you know who it was five years ago? Ben Simmons. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's got the greatest impact on the national media discourse right now. That's for sure. He certainly does. But I th- and and I think Jaw was number four on that list or something like four or five on the breakout player list. Which he's already a breakout player in my opinion. Uh, there there's a lot of anticipation, and I, you know you, who knows how to evaluate the NBA better than the GMs. I mean, not all of them are great in my opinion. But as a collective... Well, Chris Wallace is gone, so we don't have that, that hanging over us anymore. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> so but, what about that news that broke today about the grit and grind, Grizz, though? I know. Our pal, Man, Tony Allen. Tony Allen ready to get his jersey retired this yeah. season as the grind father. It's apparently the, the grift time. father. <laughs> grift and grind. Uh, there's... It's sad, man, because one of my favorite players, and it's just such a... I mean, I'm going to rail on him for a minute because it's just such a shitty thing, you know? Like, there's, frankly, there's worse things out there, in my opinion, right? Like, we've heard of role models and athletes and millionaires doing some sh- much shittier things that are much more inhumane. Veterans and cancer charities going to pay for portraits of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been terrible things that go on. But, yeah, man, I mean, I hate our healthcare system as much as anybody. Yes. It's full of made up numbers and just bullshit up and down that doesn't treat people well. But yeah, seeing all these ex athletes, ex NBA players get together to scam money for health services was real weird, especially recent uh, recent big 3 alums like Big Baby Davis yeah. and Jamario Moon. Yep. And our boy Tony Roten. 
Uh, Sebastian Telfair, he wasn't big three, but that that guy yeah. that guy was a was a hot shot for a while. All the hype. Yep. It uh, it's just so disappointing. I mean, and I'll go back to Tony Allen, who I'm most disappointed with, because you know you look at him as an integrity guy too, right? And maybe he was in the locker room, and it doesn't this doesn't take away from opposing who, players didn't. Uh, well, of course, of course, but I think in the <laughs> locker room he was, and you know it, it just it just takes the shine off of that that. You know, it, it's just it's just not the right thing to do, man. And I hate it because he's about to get into the ring and we want to honor him. And now you, know, you just can't look at him the same way. And that sucks. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. You know, we had such good vibes going on with, again, the fun that the t- current team is, but also with, you know, Mark and Pau Gazzal retiring, yep. giving big you know, legacies to the Grizzlies. And yeah, the the heart of grit and grind there. Zebo getting his number retired. Tony Allen getting his number retired. I wonder if that's going to change now. It'll be be interesting to see what happens with that situation. Yeah, but it, yeah, just a right. bummer to hear. And that it came out so so stealthily. The ESPN article just mentioned him as member of the 2008 Boston Celtics champion team. <laughs> I know. I know. Come on, man. Nah, man, that's our Tony Allen. That's Come our on. Tony Allen. That's that's bobblehead Tony Allen. Wait, what's that? What's that thing you got? Don't you have like a Tony Allen? Oh, the grinder. The grinder. <laughs> the pepper grinder for the grandfather. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's it's disappointing news, but we can't. We just and this is one reason why I think it makes sense for them not to put him in. And I'm not going to make a judgment on whether he deserves to be in there or not, but. This is a new team, and we were at a point where we don't want to, where we want to embrace grit and grind. But this is something we don't have to embrace in order to keep this going. You know, at least to, not grit and grind, but Tony Allen in particular. So, you know, maybe for lack of a distraction and to keep the shine and the and the spotlight on this fantastic team, it makes sense just to not to, not to fuck with it. But. Um, you know, especially because you got other players that we can we can honor that frankly were a bigger part of it uh, than Tony Allen was. But um, that'd be the only argument I can see to just moving on and not dealing with it. I mean, performance wise, he deserves to be in there, and uh, I don't know. It'd just be interesting to see what they do. But I just hope whatever it is, we don't take away from what this team is doing because it's special. Yeah, don't don't get in the way of our league pass Grizz. That's for yeah, sure. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This up and coming young Grizzlies team. That's going to be so fun to see. So. As much love as we got for the grandfather, let's let's see where this takes us. But in the meantime, man, I just uh, seeing that that seven thousand dollar kickback on a Cairo visit that didn't happen or whatever. You know, I just went to my first Cairo visit this week. Yeah, you ever you ever had a chiropractor? I have. Yeah, you up. Yeah, man, I was I wasn't ready for it. It is well, I wasn't ready for it at all. It was like this this twenty year old girl who was the doctor. And just breaking did a you great and job. folding you into different ways. Yeah, yeah. She comes out like Rambo out of the tall grass and just snap. Yeah. <laughs> there goes my neck. I love the neck stuff. God like, damn. It, feel, it feels weird. It feels dangerous. But it, I love – so, you know, there's that pain after you work out, right, of doing something. I like that. It feels weird. It feels the, dangerous. It does. There's the bruising that you feel after it, and you're like, it feels really, really good. But I have learned and uh, is that I, I, I'm a big chiropractic fan. But I, you, you've been down this road too. The rehab therapy stuff I find not as immediately satisfying, but just as effective, if not more, because you build the muscle and you build 
uh, I'll always right, shout right, out PC. Right, range of motion and all of that. So um, just a thought out loud that people, because you see a lot because chiropractors get ahead of the game that they, uh, they're they the number one thing, for especially for like sports injuries and stuff. But great resource, but I, I love PT as part of that mix as well, especially if you want to be athletic. Yeah. Oh, that was my first experience, and it was just strange right yeah. away seeing seeing someone who looked young too, just so nice and friendly, and then just hold still, snap. <laughs> All right, let's work on uh, some other joints now. Oh, just man. driving knees, and felt like I got my ass kicked in an MMA fight. I know. The sad thing is, I want to YouTube like how do I do it by myself, and I know I would wind up dead. So, <laughs> what, listeners at home, don't do it. Don't. Don't do this at no, home. Don't no, try this at home. No. The worst <laughs> the professionals do it, even if they, yep. you know, they feel like they're sneaking up on you, John Rambo style. And absolutely. Like you could wind up dead and it could wind up looking like self-asphyxiation, which uh, auto, <laughs> an autoerotic situation. You don't want that on your gravestone. No judgment, but like, you know, just go to a pro. Look, if we try to check in for a happy hour hang and you're just on the floor foaming at the mouth, uh, I won't tell you which way I'd assume. <laughs> uh, I, I expect hey, you to assume of, that. speaking of, what you drinking tonight, buddy? It's happy hour. It is, dude. So I actually just took my last sip, but uh, this is a um, this is still some remnants from the IPA pack I took back from Southern Grist earlier this year. This is the... Um, Outer Range Brewing Blocks of Light IPA, and I love it. This is, It's just like refractive light patterns. It's really great on there, and it's a bit sticky of an IPA, but uh, but I really enjoyed it. Still refreshing. What do you what do you got? What are you imbibing? Uh, I am getting in the October mood, man. It's October. It's not an Oktoberfest, but I'm going straight to the German beers. I got a Joseph Brau Hefeweizen here. Nice. I love a good Hefe. Bavarian style. And these, those German Hefe's... Uh, they got a little, a lot more body than a, your standard Hefeweizen that you can think. They I feel do. like they got a lot more, a lot more heft to them. Yeah, heft, I, I'm heft really enjoying this. Yeah. So, uh, you got some Joseph Brau, which I believe translates to uh, Joseph Spear. Ah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You didn't know I spoke German, huh? God, that's so impressive. What a cultured individual. Uh, is it? What are the banana notes in there? Are you getting some banana, and that one. I am getting some slight banana yeah. notes in there. As I recall, certainly some of the Belgian beers, weeds, man. but the uh, the German yeast strains, I think, especially for Hefe's, will have a, a decent amount of banana in there. That's one of the things I've always loved about it, but it varies. So, yeah, a lot of flavor, a lot okay. of flavor. You don't, I don't, I'm not really a huge Hefeweizen guy, anyways, because they're they're just a little light. They don't yeah. really have much to them. But yeah, these, these have a little more flavor. Yeah, you're blue. Like there's a bolder profile. You're there. blue mooning, though. I think in that uh, in that categorization. Not to say you haven't That's made not, the rounds, but those get, aren't those aren't mine. Get some of those good hefes. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't recall the hefe. If I don't think they have one in their standard stable, but uh, uh, Black Abbey has got to make a good hefe. But I can't remember if they even have one out there. Anywho, that's uh, that's my assessment, man. Yeah. Cheers. Here's to you, brother. This is fun. I'm so oh, glad yeah, we got this one last sip. Sorry, buddy. I did. You know what? Hear that? <laughs> there we go. I'm going to make this work. All He's right. in the game. Cheers. <laughs> All right, my friend. This has been a lot of fun. I can't believe it's taken us this long to make this happen, but it feels good to get another one down. And, you know, as much as 
I like to say on here, and I think our listeners know that we love being here and talking sports. It's just good to see your face, dude. You know, we are, we are, we're, 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 we're good pals. We're not just radio hosts. We're not, it's it, that just talk sports together. And, uh, it's just good to catch up and see you, man. Hey, that's why we make it a hang. That's right. So, always a good hang. So, yeah. you know, talk to your friends out there too. That's part of the reason why we love talking sports so much. It just gives us a reason to get out there with our buddies and chat about something that's, you know, not divisive in a serious way or is going to have any lasting real effects on anybody's life, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> and we can have a beer over it and just have some fun. Yep. So get out there, talk sports with your friends. I'm a big fan of Oktoberfest beers, so enjoy it while they're all in there. In stock at all your local places that you can hit up. Yep. And we'll have to get together before the end of the month for a spooky sports for sure. But uh, hey, it's a good time. We uh, talked about Grizz preseason. We got Preds preseason going on, sweeping the defending champ Lightning. Heck yeah. We know preseason doesn't matter, it but it feels good though. We know this is going to be a strange semi transitional year. What was the phrase that David Poyle used? Uh, uh, competitive, competitive rebuild. Yeah, I think yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a a real fascinating year. But we've been really encouraged by what we've seen early from guys like Phil Tomasino, yeah, uh, Alexander Carrier. There's some, some hope in the pipeline, and then we'll have that outdoor game. It's going to be an exciting year yeah, for the Preds, no matter what. We got a lot to look forward to, man. We got to ramp these up so that we can cover everything, frankly, as we can't get it all through on Sunday. So, um, and, and since we won't be there this Sunday, next time we're on the air, the Preds will have played a meaningful game against those Kraken. That's right. Week one. How cool to open time. it against them. Smashville. Yep. Smashville will be opened for real. And man, we can we can't wait. And hopefully the Titans will have a big rebound game against the Jaguars and all their Urban Meyer fun that they're stuck in right now. Yeah. Who could have seen this coming? Nobody could have seen an Urban Meyer scandal coming. And that he cannot relate to NFL players who aren't under his thumb like college kids. Yeah. I know. It, it, it's sad, but boy, is it funny hearing some of the stories that are coming out of the Jags locker room right now. Yep. Especially as a Titans fan. I know. Now, I will say this. We better fucking win. Like, yeah. there is no excuse to lose this game. And I don't mean to – I don't like being hyperbolic on this show at all, but we lost to the Jets. We had a rough start to the season in general. There, we cannot lose this game. I'll just put that out there. So, it'll be fun, man. We're going to have a ton to catch up on. We'll see if the Titans can get Urban Meyer fired five games into the season. That's one of the Which has to be for. a realistic possibility right now. I think it is. You got to protect Trevor Lawrence and the rest of them. And Trevor Lawrence is doing, holding a press conference talking about his coach and defending him. Like, that's not where you want a rookie to be. So, we'll see. Nah. Weird situation, man. But we got the a lot going on. rolling him in the huddle. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Just, just some real interesting things going on in our AFC South. But. The main point is what happens on the field Sunday, so That's right. tighten it up. Tighten up. All right, dude. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be catching up on all of those things and, and the weird and wacky NFC West and everything else. That which Big game tonight there, too. One of the better Thursday night games that we've seen in a long time. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so. Even Thursday night games have good matchups in I this know. year of incredible primetime games. Absolutely. So. so far. So baseball's doing it. Football's doing it. We are... Proud to be a part of it. Yep. Go so, sit on that couch. As always, for tuning in. 
We're going to be on that couch watching some TV and enjoying it. All right. Well, cheers. We'll yep. see you soon, brother, man. See you all. See you, brother.